Why don't you go ahead and be seated for a, a bit at least. And, uh, we'll see where we go from, from here, but I just wanna share a few things that, are, that have come up in me and uh, believe will be, be helpful. Uh, you know, we tag, tag teaming with Pastor Doug there off of, and, and the songs and so forth about God being good. Uh, you know, one of the scriptures that you may be familiar with uh, says that it's the goodness of God that leads to, anybody know, repentance? No, no, notice, notice it's not the goodness of God that leaves people the same. It's, it's not the goodness of God that says, you're fine the way you are. That wouldn't be good, right? <laughs> I, I, the answer is yes, amen. Uh, uh, sometimes, you know, in our day, especially in our day when everyone wants accepted the way they are, uh, sometimes people say, I want a church, I want to go to a church where they, you know, they just let me be who I am and the way I am. And well, I don't know if we really want that. I mean, I think most of us, when we come to God, we recognize he has something I don't have. He is a way that I'm not. There's something insufficient, deficient about my life. I'm doing it the wrong way. And so I'm seeking God, right? That's a true revelation. <laughs> yeah, so we should come to God uh, and through whatever means, um, you know, church and so forth and the word, we come to him uh, looking for something different, something better, right? Looking for change. Because God is good, what will he do? He will lead us to repentance. Repentance involves change, involves change of thinking, change of direction, leaving the past, going to something new. Now, now this is a, a correct mindset for any of us to approach God with, all right? I'm coming to you recognizing that you know everything and your way is 100% right and true and good, and I believe that you're good, okay? Now, good enough what? Good enough to show me how to do it how to do life, how to do marriage, how to do family, how to do church, how to do, you know, moral living, how to do integrity, how to, how to do life and not death, blessing and not cursing, yeah? His goodness leads us to that, but his goodness doesn't automatically make it happen for everybody. Isn't that obvious? Someone says, God is good, and someone else says, yeah, but what about hell? <laughs> yeah? I mean, it's a valid question. It's an easy answer for those who know. He's good, so he'll tell you how to not go. He's good, so he leads you. If anyone will look to him, he'll say, don't go that way. <laughs> That's a wrong route, right? He will lead you away from it, not to it, because he's good. But that doesn't mean that bad things don't exist. Okay, there's another passage over in the book of Romans. Uh, I think it's the 11th chapter. It says, behold the goodness and severity of God. <laughs> That's not highlighted in your Bible, is it? <laughs> behold the goodness and the 
severity of God. And he talks about how some got goodness and some got severity. Now, again, he doesn't, it's not God's will that people get the bad. He want, again, he wants to lead them into, into the goodness, into experiencing his best. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I think we know this. I think we know if we step back and look, yeah, some bad things are out there and some bad things exist. And, and, and what I do with my life really matters. But I, I, I don't know, sometimes we might play games with ourselves and with others. And we want to act like we don't know why things don't work when deep down we kind of do. Here's what I mean. Um, we shouldn't expect to have the same results of, of uh, the same results that come from doing something from not doing something. Okay, uh, the scripture uh, says in different places talks about prayer. All right, you're familiar with this 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 statement: pray without ceasing. Right? In other words, don't let there be a time in your life when you stop praying. Let's say it that way. It's not going to mean your mouth is running 24-7. Oh, God, oh, God. No. Uh, uh, pray without ceasing. Okay? So we're to, be, we're to be prayers continually and constantly. We're in communion with God. We're praying. We have a prayer life. Okay. When someone does that, it obviously produces certain results. How about God intervention? Answers, supply, direction, spirituality, provision. Okay, what if someone doesn't do that? I mean, do we think or should we think, well, it doesn't matter. Or should the person without the, the prayer life expect the same results as the person with the prayer life? Should they? That would, I mean, that would be foolish. But I think some of us do that. I think, we think, well, I mean, I, I love the Lord. Well, that's maybe not in question, or maybe it is. I mean, it's shown by obedience, but, but I mean, you really, really have a heart for God, but that's not what he's, that's, that's not the same as pray. Otherwise, he would have left out prayer and he would have just said, love the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, I mean, you can take any of these practical things. Do not, Hebrews 10, 25, do not neglect the gathering of yourselves together as some have. Did I quote that correctly? Don't forsake, not neglect, but forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the habit of some is becoming, uh, you know, last day's stuff, go to church, he's saying. Get together, believers ought to get together, company of the redeemed, I talked about on Sunday. Uh, we ought to get together. Okay, now, obviously that's supposed to produce certain results. Right? You do that, there are benefits to doing that. What if I don't do that? See, here's what happens a lot of times. People blow that off or partially blow that off and expect the same results. And then say, well, I don't get it. Why is, why, why is this so hard? Lord, why aren't I hearing from you? Why, why when I, get, I need direction? I don't seem to get answers. Well, maybe I ought to do that. Okay, uh, Joshua 1 and verse 8. That's a popular one. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. We would say the word of God because we're not under the law, but this, the word of God shall not depart from your mouth, that you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may make your way prosperous and have good success. All right. So the result of 
meditating by speaking, meditating on the word of God day and night. That just means kind of like pray without ceasing. It's a constant part of our lives, but we think it, we talk about it, we give ourselves to the ways of God, the word of God. It will produce a successful life. It will produce prosperity, okay? So if we don't do that, if we meditate on uh, what? TikTok <laughs> or something or whatever, day and night or some other, from other form of entertainment or something, whatever. Uh, if we meditate or if we worry day and night, we're concerned. We, we let that emotion, that negative thing, day and night. Should we expect to succeed and prosper? Why would we expect the same result as the person who turned their back and they said, no, they, they, they turned their back on some of those other things and they said, I'm going to read the word when I get up in the morning. I'm going to take some time to pray and communicate with my father. I'm going to do these things as a normal part of my life, just like I eat, just like I breathe. I will consume God's word and think about it and I will declare it and I will pray without ceasing. Should I expect, again, I think we know this when we present it this way. But I think sometimes we do. We expect things to happen. And we're not doing the things that make them happen. Hallelujah. Now, you could take what I'm saying and say, oh, you're just talking about works. Well, I'm talking about doing the word. Whatever you want to call that. I'm not talking about earning God's blessings. You've heard me teach on that and others a lot. The blessings are in Christ. Okay, but sometimes we're not, we're not walking in them because the way to see these things come to pass is by acting on the word. But again, I shouldn't expect the results of acting on the word without acting on the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, uh, uh, it's almost like I kind of joked when I opened up the service tonight about being a part-time Christian. That doesn't really work. Meaning, if I'm a part-time Christian, I do Christianity part-time, it doesn't produce the same results as it does for the person who's all in, who lives for the Lord every day. Amen. Let me just take you to one, I think one verse, and then I'll, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Acts chapter 2. This is not my service tonight. I turned it over to Pastor Doug. <laughs> now you see what we mean by a believer's meaning. It just means I can take it back. <laughs> but as you know, I totally don't mind not doing anything in a service. I want God to move. And so, yeah, Pastor Doug looked at me and I had to be honest. <laughs> He's asking if I have something and I... You know, I do. So, uh, in Acts chapter 2 and verse uh, 38, 238, everybody see it? Then Peter said to them, so this is day of Pentecost, Peter's preaching the first Holy Spirit message. Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin, remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So notice the language here. First word he said to them by the Spirit is to what? Repent. repent. Is repent 
different than saying to them, just receive Jesus. Now, none of us would argue with the verbiage or language of receive Jesus, because that's a wonderful thing. Uh, but he didn't start off that way. He did start off with repent, all right? And like we said before, you know, the, the Greek word means a change of mind. It really it means, encompasses more than that. It's a change of thinking that leads to a change of behavior. But that's the way he started off his message. Everybody ready? <laughs> repent! Yeah. Is, is that even a welcome word today? It should be. It's still the, it's still the way. See, one of the, the contrasts of that would, I think would be, I'm the way I want to be. I do the things I want to do. I think the way I want to think, and I act the way I want to act. I want to add Jesus as an addition to my life. Because, you know, because, you know, oh, Jesus, yeah. I love Jesus. He's the Savior. And, and, uh, but that's not, what the, that's not how salvation happens. It's not by a sinner proclaiming their ways, their, the way they want to be, and saying, but I believe in Jesus now. No, salvation starts with repentance. That means the way I have been, the, way, the things I have done, I abhor them. I despise them because they are, they are a sin against God Almighty in heaven. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn my life to the Lord. I'm turning my back on sinfulness. That's repentance and turning to the Lord, not just adding Jesus to me. And I'm going to continue doing things the way I've always done them. Hallelujah. I sometimes wonder if we don't, if, if our salvation messages are too weak, you know, and I'm big on a salvation message. I try to get all the things in there and say it right. And I'm con conscious of it. And and I want to do a good job, of course. I'm an ambassador for the, for the Lord. Uh, but sometimes I wonder, yeah, maybe, I could, maybe I'd have a few less, but maybe they'd be more saved. <laughs> and, and, I don't, and I don't mean that theologically correct, like you can be partially saved. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you wonder. Yeah, we, do our, we do our best when people get saved here to get them to keep coming to church. Because we know that is absolutely necessary, right? It's, it's necessary. I don't mean they're not saved. I'm not presenting that, 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 that you're saved, you know, only partially. You're really saved. But if you don't come to church, you're going to live a messed up life. It just doesn't work that way. In other words, again, Peter said, repent and let every one of you, see, this is real important, be baptized, Sometimes we want to leave some of these things out because theologically we can dissect them and we can say, well, salvation exists outside of baptism and so forth. Yeah, I agree with that, but it still says this together. Repent and be baptized. Okay, should the person who repents praise a salvation prayer but doesn't get baptized expect to have the same results? Why would they? And again, I'm not saying they're not going to heaven uh, if they're not baptized in water. I'm saying if we're going to do God's stuff, we ought to do it His way. And we ought to, we ought to not, ought not read scriptures like this and say, well, can I repent and not be baptized? Well, what are you thinking? You dork, who are you trying to serve? 
I mean, you're making yourself God from the very first moment? Meaning, I'm going to approach God, I'm going to be a Christian, but I'm going to do it my way. What? Get out of here. Does that sound harsh? I'm saying, if he's God, let's make him God. Jesus, we're saying he's Lord, then he gets to call the shots. So I don't want to just immediately start interpreting like, well, I can be this and I don't have to do this. Well, I can still be this and I can still, you know, right? Well, like, like different sinfulness. Could people argue today theologically, can you be saved and still live in certain life, lifestyles? Certain sexual lifestyles or different things like that. Can I still be? Why are you thinking, can I? Can I still? If I am giving my life to the Lord, then I am asking the Lord, do you want me to put a period, a comma, a, an explanation point? In other words, I'm paying attention to the details, what I mean by that. I, I, I want to know the way you think. I want to know you. What, what do you want me to do? Remember Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus? And he had that great experience that the Lord, uh, you know, revealed himself and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And the first thing out of his mouth was, Lord, who are you? The next thing out of his mouth is, what do you want me to do? He wasn't like, who are you? Well, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. The next thing out of his mouth wasn't, well, do I have to go to church every week? <laughs> Like, do, like, am I going to have to tithe and everything? <laughs> like, like, you want me to serve? <laughs> it's just a different mentality. Lord, who are you and what do you want me to do? Because everything I have to do, everything I was doing, that's done. I'm yours now. I noticed many years ago, I might have been in in Mexico or Panama or some places I had been years ago on mission trips, and I would, we'd drive down the road and we'd see like businesses, lots of small businesses in these countries, and, and it would say like, uh, for example, if you had an auto body shop, and it would say like, G Jesus auto body. And so, Jesus haircut or something like that or whatever, different businesses. And, and I remember talking to people about that, say, that's... Is that a good marketing plan there? You know, is that, it's a strange name for a business. They said, yeah, a lot of people, when they give their lives to the Lord, they just change everything. They get saved. And so it was Bob's auto body. That, <laughs> now it's Jesus auto body. And they'll just put the name of the Lord in, in everything they do. And it's like, well, again, I don't know if that's a great strategy for business, but it shows something about their heart. I remember, uh, you know, our friend uh, who was here a few months ago, Christopher Alam, uh, who was, grew up uh, in, uh, in Islam as a Muslim, and he had great salvation and, and uh, you know, ended up preaching the gospel, and then they threw him in jail for a year for preaching the gospel and all that. But uh, he, he talks about, and I can't say it uh, artfully like he would because it's his own experience, but he would talk about how when he first got saved, the only thing he really knew, the only message he really knew was, you know, pick up your cross and follow the Lord. And, you know, you lay down your life. He gave his life for you. Now you're there to serve him. He didn't, he, he, he his first introduction wasn't blessings. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's wrong because that's a part of, the, of who we are in Christ, right? Uh, but his first introduction to serving God wasn't all the things that he had given, God had given us. It was now you belong to him and you serve him. You do whatever he wants to do. You proclaim his word. And he, after all these years, 
and knows the, the blessing side and knows everything, he seems to talk today like he's really thankful for that. Because his first thought isn't selfish. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. He saved me from sin. He saved me from a devil's hell. And so I'm here to do his will. Amen. So anyway, Peter said, repent, let every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So uh, th think about that. I find it interesting sometimes to find Christians. And now, if this comes across heavy-handed, I don't mean it that way, but it's because of wrong thinking. Christians who, who receive the Lord and then they don't get baptized as soon as possible. It's like, what are you doing? Now realize sometimes it may be our fault. It's like, maybe we didn't tell them enough or, or communicate clearly. You know, I mean, those who have the gospel are responsible for communicating it correctly to people. But there's a lot of times people do that. They get saved. And I don't, I don't question that they genuinely got saved. They give their life to the Lord, but then they don't get baptized in water. Okay, here's the question. Should that person expect, maybe I already said this, but should that person expect the same life results as the person who repents and is baptized? No, no, they should not. If they should, because there was little response on that. Yeah. If, if they should expect the same results, then why did the Lord institute this thing called water baptism? Why did he do that? If it's unnecessary, if it doesn't produce any real practical life change, why put it in there? First, you know, we have to put in like, had to pay money to put the baptistry in. We buy t-shirts for people. <laughs> the water, got to heat the water. Got to put it in the service. Got to follow up. Got to have a whole page on the website. Got to teach on it. Right? Lots of, lots of work goes into baptizing people. <laughs> If it's unnecessary, what a waste. And if it's not unnecessary, why do people treat it like it's kind of moderately important or not? And then, again, just like the person who maybe doesn't have a prayer life or they don't meditate in the Word or they, you know, infrequently attend church and they expect, maybe don't say it out loud, but they expect to have the same quality of life, the same success in life, the same victory in life as the person who does those things. Right. We would say, uh, well, do these things. Do what the Lord says. Don't just blow him off. Heed it. It's important. And we would also, uh, I would definitely put this in that category, someone who expects the results of a baptized Christian when they're not baptized. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> You could say that about the baptism in the Spirit as well. Why should, why should I expect the same results of a Spirit-filled believer if I'm not a Spirit-filled believer, if I'm just a, a, a believer? Born of the Spirit, you understand, but not filled with the Spirit. I shouldn't, I should, well, I shouldn't expect the same results. If I do, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know, in other words, expectations unfulfilled, they really cause disappointment. And they were like, ah, 
Something's missing. Something's lagging. I don't get it. How come it's not working? Why, why does that person seem to have better results in their prayer life? Or, or why does it seem like God's hand is on this person more than me? Okay. And I don't mean we should compare ourselves one to another, but if I do see someone else having success, I, I'm going to watch them. Why? Because I want to learn. If it's working for you, if you've got a testimony of something working in your life, I'm paying attention. Yeah? yeah. When testimonies come in, I'm, I'm listening. See, what, what worked? Just like, that's the same way I read the scriptures and I see about the, the centurion or the, you know, the nobleman's son or the woman with the issue of blood or the, the, you know, the, the guy with the leprosy and who came back to thank the Lord. And I read about all these miracles and stuff and I'm looking. You know, because I teach, when I teach these, I'm looking for those, those little keys in there. He did this. She did this. She, she said this. When this happened, this is how she responded. I, I want to learn from other people, right? Now, what do I want to learn? I want to learn what works, okay? But these base things in Scripture are really, really important that we don't expect the same, the same results from not doing what the Lord said as we do from doing what the Lord said. They really are the wisdom, the eternal wisdom of God. They're the keys to the kingdom of God. And so I should implement them. Yes. Amen. 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 Praise God. Uh, you know, uh, it just happens. That happens to be that we have a baptism service on Sunday. Right? We do them second Sunday. That would be this Sunday. And, uh, and there are slots open. There are slots open. Yeah. Do you guys, can, can you guys put up the, the number on the screen? So uh, if, you ha- if you're a believer and you haven't been baptized in water, um, they're going to put it up there. Yeah, there you go. There, you have the information. That's the quickest and easiest way to get signed up. I'm saying this in, in part. Obviously, this wasn't a planned event. Um, actually, <laughs> I asked <laughs> Pastor Wade on the way in. Even though it wasn't my service, I had this, this was stirring in my heart right over there. And I said, how long does it take to fill up that baptistry? Too long. <laughs> I thought, what if the Lord, what if this is what I have stirring in me right now is like for some people here and we could just do it tonight. But it takes too long. But we'll do it Sunday. So, uh, uh, but if, if, if you haven't, is this the Lord talking to you? See, this is a believer's meeting. There's probably a, quite a few of us that already have done this. But I think there's, there's some that the Lord is talking to. He wants to show himself in your life, but you have to heed a vital component of salvation. So I'm not saying you're not going to heaven, but even in Mark 16, remember Mark 16, 15? Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. So you can see the focus is on the believing because it doesn't state baptism twice. Okay. Nevertheless, it does say it. It is another confirming voice to this. The Lord keeps putting that with it, acting like we should do them together. What is he doing? He's telling us a truth that will produce a result up here that will have an effect on our earth, living out our earthly salvation. Amen, amen, amen. And when we do what the Lord says to do in the way that he says to do it, we get to experience God results. Yay. That's why, uh, I mean, 
some of that, you know, I haven't been doing the baptisms for a number of years. Now, I used to do them. But the, some of the pastors, some of you have been baptized here already, so you may have your own experience. But some of our pastors who do the baptisms on Sundays, they tell me uh, in our meetings that it's so powerful in there that, oh, I mean, some people are so dramatically impacted uh, by the power of God. And, and I believe it because that's what I expect. And uh, I, I experienced that personally myself but I expect there to be change in someone's life and the power of God present to make a change. Amen. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Amen. Let me pray just a moment and then we'll, I'll turn it back over to Pastor Doug. Father, thank you for what you're doing in here. What's, what's cool is right before I, I asked you if you had anything, it was, it was in me something that was very similar, which was um, a lot of times when something doesn't work, we're quick to look to God and say, What's, what, what are you doing? Or we're also quick to just blame the devil. Oh, and, and kind of take a passive approach to it. Like, oh, the devil did this. There's nothing I can do about it. But the, the way we get results is we have to look at ourselves. That's, that's the only way we get results. Because if it's, if, it's, if it's on God's end and we can't do anything about it on God's end, then we just have to accept it. And if it's just the devil and he can just do what he wants in the situation, then we're in the same situation. We're stuck and we just have to accept it. Or we look at ourselves and say, am I doing something wrong? Am I, am I not thinking right? Am, do I need to repent from something? Is it, am I seeing things incorrectly. And so that is a huge aspect to walking in victory in your life when you are okay with saying it's not God's fault and maybe the devil's involved, but his involvement is still up to me and I still have the authority to stop it and I still have the ability to slam the door on the devil. And we have to take ownership for situations and problems. And like sometimes even, you know, people doing things to us, it's like, well, what, what part do I have to play in this? And how can, I, how can I affect this situation? What can I do to influence this? And it takes some humility. It takes a little bit of a swallowing of the pride to say, it's my fault. <laughs> uh, I, I did this. Uh, I'm not, or at least examining and being willing to examine and say, I have to make some sort of change. I have to do something very intentional to get a different result than I've got before. Yeah. And, and it, it does just take, uh, it takes some courage to just look in and say, what do I not know? Or what lie do I believe? Or what am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? What am I not doing that I should be doing? And those are all, those are all questions that if we're asking ourselves on a regular basis, you're on a path to victory. You're on your way to seeing results. Because so there's a lot of Christians, their default is, well, something, something's on God's ends off. Or I just, you know, th this is just the devil attacking me and I can't do anything about it. It's like those two, those two auto responses to problems in, in life always lead to no, no change always lead to, I'm just stuck. What's, what, what kind of response works? 
what can I do differently? How can I affect, affect this? What am I not seeing that I should be? What kind of answer do I need that I'm not currently asking for? What, what solutions out there that, that's out there for me that I have to go find? Because there's no, there's no situation that there's not a solution to. The Lord is, he's, he's promised us victory in everything. He's promised us, he said, he said he'll lead us in triumph. All, in all things, he will lead us in triumph. That's his promise, that's his word. So I have to have this, I have to have this kind of just default thought that if I'm not seeing victory in something, it's not because the Lord's not leading me, because he promised he would into, into triumph in all things. And I have to have this thought that if he's leading me into triumph, Jesus defeated the devil good enough to where he can't stop that triumph from coming to pass. He doesn't have the ability. He doesn't have the means anymore to stop me from walking in the victory that he said he would lead me to in all things. And so I have to have this default. Well, if he's leading me into triumph, am I following correctly? Because if I'm not following him correctly into that triumph, I'm missing my, my victory. I'm miss, I, there's going to be death in my life. And so, yeah, I think, I think the Lord has really good things in store for us, but it takes us being willing to self-examine and say, what can I do differently? You know, one, one thing I think of on a regular basis is, is faith. A lot of times we want promises, we want things to come to pass in our life, but we just want them to happen automatically. The promises of God in our life are not automatic. If they were, you'd get saved and you would just see everything show up automatically. They don't work that way. What, how do they work? Well, they're unlocked by faith. He locked them in a box and, and this lock can only, the only key that unlocks it is faith. That's the only way you get it. Why? Well, one, that's God's prerogative. He can do what he wants, right? But he is a faith God and his word means a lot to him. So having faith means I'm believing what his word says. And that's, and that's how God receives honor is we believe him and we take him at his word. And he, he, created, these, he, he created these precepts. He, pre, he created this process where we would go to him, we would get his word on something, and we would say, you know what? I'm not gonna believe anything else. I'm gonna stand on what you said, and it's your promise, and that's enough for me. And sometimes we want the result of standing in faith to just happen automatically. Well, God loves me, he should just do this for me. Well, he did do it for you. He gave you the promise, put it in a box, locked and said, here's the key. You have to open it by using your faith, which is believing my promise. Can I get that box open any other way? No, it's just not gonna happen. And some who have, who have needed the things in the box have said, God, why do I, do I not have this thing? And the reality is, they just haven't done what was necessary on their end, like the prophecy that was just spoke. They've heard the promises of God, 
but they haven't heard what their requirement is to receive. And so that, it just takes us saying, okay, what am I missing? What do I need to do differently? How can I see things correctly? Do I need to go meditate on some scriptures? Do I need to get the word of God in my life in that area? How, what, am I, what am I doing wrong? Because the default of something's wrong on God's end or the default of the big bad devil just can't, he's just not letting me win. Both of those, both of those defaults never win. They never open the box. They never get the promises of God in your life, and they, they never lead to a situation changing into a, into a situation that glorifies the Lord. It just never works. The only thing that works, I ha- I'm, the, I'm the variable. I'm the variable. If I, if, I'm, if I can see the equation or, the, or we're gonna do the experiment, I'm the variable. If I get things correct, that situation is going to change. Now, who's gonna get the glory for it? The Lord is, because he's the one that's gonna do it. I just have to kinda be the vessel that gets in the right place and, and, and do the things that I'm required to do to get that thing to work. It's like trying to get electricity to work, you know? So, ever, ever have any problems in your house where you know, a light socket or a light switch isn't working the right, right way? You kinda don't just assume this power company that we have is terrible and they're just, or, or I'm being sabotaged, there's just nothing I can do about it by those people that come in and just change my wires and I'm just stuck there. It's like, no, there is a solution to this problem. I just gotta get the wires right. And, and most of us, it's like, I'm gonna pay someone to do that. But when it comes to, when it comes to faith in your own life, you can't just, will you pray for me? I need, to, I need help getting these wires. It's like, no, it only works if I get my things aligned correctly and then that thing will flow right into my life. Then answers will work. Then I'll, then I'll see the promises of God come to pass. Amen. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price, and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead, and he's alive today. I receive him now as my savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.